All right, let's kick it. Happy Sober Day, friends, and welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate, and I am a grateful recovering alcoholic. That may sound crazy, but I wouldn't be where I am and helping others without it. So for that, I am grateful. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we talk to other recovering alcoholics and addicts. We hear their stories and hope to help others who may still be struggling. Don't forget to pop over to Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries pod for your chance to win our content creator bundle. We will announce the winner on July 12th. But let's get down to the business at hand. Today, we are chatting with Sandra from Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Sandra, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Nate? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate you being willing to spend time with us today and and sort of be open and honest. What made you decide to share your story? Um, Well, I just, I'm in a couple different... um, community blogs about sobriety and recovery and um it it helps that helps me stay sober and so if I can share my story with people and and just help a couple people out then um I mean that's yeah that's what I I get in return as well is just being able to help people it's nice right I learned early on that you know you have to give it away to keep it uh Mm -hmm. so I am here for the same reason. Yes, I <laughs> so love we it. Sh- we share that in common. Do you feel like your sobriety is in jeopardy today? Um, I don't actually. No, today's today's a good day. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, let's open the diary on Sandra. Take it away. Tell us your story. Yeah. Um. Well, I. I guess I'll start with. Um, when I guess I really, alcohol is, is my drug of choice. Um, and I, around 21 in college, I would say was, was when I really started getting into drinking and, um, just the culture of, of that. You're not really like an alcoholic if it's social drinking. And, um, it's unfortunate because I think that's what really kickstarted my addiction was, um, it being acceptable and um, not really learning how to like actually cope with feeling sad or depressed or your emotions. And so then uh, I went to college in Ohio and then at Ohio State, and then I, I moved back over here to Tacoma and I was around 25. Um, and I was, you know, I was drinking really heavily every day, all day. Um, and it eventually, I mean, it, it catches up to you. And I got a DUI. Um, and the, getting that DUI, it did. I think that it saved my life because it. Um, I I really realized just how bad it was, and how how much I was abusing alcohol because people of, you know, that really have like that type of clarity don't just like get in the car while they're right while they're intoxicated. And so um, here in Washington, they have pretty, when you get a DUI, it's, you have to do like a year long outpatient program. And wow, I mean, it's really time consuming and it's, it's extremely expensive too, but um, being around other people and staying sober and getting, 
drug tested regularly. Um, that helped me stay sober for about two years. And then unfortunately I relapsed at about 27, 28. I stopped, I stopped working a program and, um, you know, I thought that I was okay and that I didn't really have a problem anymore. And so I continued drinking, but when you're really an alcoholic or an addict, like you, that problem stays with you. And, um, yeah, so I, I eventually, if it took about a year for me to get back to where I was of drinking all day, every day. And, um, it was just affecting almost every aspect of my life, my work life, my love life. Um, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't stay sober and it had physical as well as mental effects. So I was, you know, shake out the shakes, just all that stuff. And, um, yeah, last year around this time, actually, I, I called a facility here in Washington and I was like, I think I need to go to an inpatient program because I don't like living like this. My mental health was like, you know, with COVID and everything. And um, I had taken a month off work because of COVID, but really that was just an excuse for me to drink every day and not and yeah. not have to work and worry about going to work. And I, I told myself in that month that I was gonna get sober on my own. And then the month flew by so quick and I was drinking every day and I had to go back to work. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't do it. And so I, I checked myself into a detox program and um, then I was in an inpatient facility here for about a month and a half. And I got out in July of 2020. And um, yeah, I, it's, it's changed my life. And I just, I'm so grateful to be sober again. I can't imagine life without it. And it's, it's difficult sometimes having to like actually face your troubles head on. Yeah without the alcohol or whatever the substances that you're choosing, but it's worth it because you actually get to dive into those problems. Um, so I, there are some programs that I work um, right now, occasionally when I'm not super busy, but um, yeah, doing things like this, it helps to just maintain my sobriety. Great. Yeah. First, first of all, I live in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Go> <laughs> yeah. You said that like in your first sentence and I didn't want to interrupt you like right off the, the get, but oh. I live like three miles from campus. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> living in Columbus. Columbus yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's exactly where oh, I am. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, you know, I hear I work a 12 step program and I hear in the rooms of, of people who have some you know, sobriety under their belt and then go back out to do more research <laughs> that, that it's, you know, it, it's never enjoyable because you're sort of thinking about, you know, the sober time and what you learned maybe in a program or did you find that that was true for the, the time that you went back out drinking? Was it, were you able to have fun or was it sort of like misery drinking? Yeah, it was fun at first, but then, and occasionally it would be fun in between the, the misery, but then eventually it was just, it was just maintaining, trying not to feel like crap every day. Mm -hmm. um, it was mostly just, if I didn't drink, it 
I would have severe withdrawals. And um, that's when I had to go to detox. I didn't think that I needed detox, but but yeah, I, I, it was, I mean, it was fun at first, but I know now having the clarity of sobriety, I'm like, that's not really, I just think about the times of when I was drinking and I'm like, I was actually kind of obnoxious. <laughs> Weren't probably. we all, um, yeah. With my other drinking buddies. I mean, maybe like with them, it was fine, but like looking out on, like kind of like looking out on it, I'm like, that's not, that's just not who I want to be. And yeah. that's not really me so drinking buddy wise did you maintain any of those friendships or did you try to distance yourself um i i had to distance myself i did i did that the first time um a few years ago after the dui i had to distance myself and then this time too i've also had to do that and people are really supportive um there's been a couple times that I've went out with friends that drink and I just don't, it's just not really for me. It's not even that it's really like triggering, but it's, um, it reminds me of that feeling like, where are we going to go to get our next drink and that mentality? Like, I just don't, I'm, I'm really empathetic. And so when I see other people like that, I feel like I'm in that position again and I'm like reliving it. Yeah. And so that's difficult for me, but the people that I do have in my, everybody's supportive. I've never been just like, you're not in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that is my, my friend now, they understand. Everybody knows about my addiction and um, my ups and downs with it. So they're supportive of me not really um, being as like engaging with them now. So that is right. nice. And everybody should have friends like that. Right. are just supportive of it. Yeah. I think that's for me and it sounds like you're, you're similar. You know, I have to surround myself with, with people that will be supportive and sort of have that, you know, base of people and that lifeline that if you do need help, you know, you have someone to call. It's it's not just all, you know, drinking buddies in your in your contacts. So I can relate to that for sure. I'm, I'm pretty empathetic too. And I t- take on other people's like stuff sometimes. Um, but as alcoholics, you know, we, we use alcohol as our primary like coping mechanism. You're happy, you drink, you're sad, you drink, you know. What sort of new coping skills do you use? Well, I found um, meditating helps a lot. I've I've been doing meditating. YouTube has some really great guided meditations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I at least I thought you have to just sit there and like meditate. But you can meditate however you want. Like I like to lay down and listen to a guided meditation. And um, there's so many different ones. There's ones about reach, like reaching your higher self. And um, I, I try to control my that em- that empathy that I have because having being an empathetic person, it's a gift and a curse. Yeah. And um, just having to control that. And like, there are times when it's okay to be your extremely empathetic self. But there are other times that you need to try to control that and harness it. And so I've just meditating has helped with that because I think that's probably why one of the reasons why I, you know, relied on drinking so much because I thought it helped with that and it, it just didn't. I think it 
confused me more and just um, made it even worse. I'm not as active in 12-step, but I plan on now that the restrictions have been lowered a little bit and more yeah. people are vaccinated, um, going to 12-step programs. Those help out um, just being around, yeah, being around sober people yeah. is, is always nice. Yeah, I love it. Was there a uh, moment that you kind of just threw your hands up and, and surrendered? I know you called the treatment facility, but was there anything leading up to that that triggered your surrender? Um, yeah, just like my life was my life was not okay. I didn't have control over my drinking anymore. My drinking had control over me, and I I realized that that my it was a full-time job. It was like maintaining my addiction every day became a priority and I I couldn't do it anymore. I was I I have so many I had so many goals and dreams and ambitions and um, those little moments of being when I did have just a little smidge of sobriety here and there, I would look at I would be able to stop and realize that and um, I was at my friend's house and I was like watching her apartment, I think at the time, right before I had checked into detox. And um, I was supposed to go back to work the next day after that month off and I couldn't go back to work. And um, I told my, my manager that, and she was disappointed in just seeing how my drinking was affecting other people too, and how she was sad and, and disappointed. And I think that she knew why and I'm like, I can't do that to people. I don't like, like hurting other people or making other people struggle because of my addiction, because of my choice. Mm -hmm. And that's that was like the real moment, I think, again, that I was like, I need to change this because I don't want to hurt other people anymore. Have you had a chance to repair any relationships that, that you think you did hurt or fracture? Yeah, there's been a few people. Um, so my, definitely my partner, my significant other, um, I don't know how we put up with it. <laughs> Honestly, um, there's been some damage control there and it's, it wasn't all at once, like a big apology. It was like little, just little apologies here and there and like mm -hmm. clicking like, oh my gosh, I used to do this. Like, I'm really sorry that I was, you know, like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still do really want to reach out. I've talked to my manager and I've seen her, but that's that's something that I I don't think that I'm completely ready to just like sit down with her and have that talk yet. Yeah. Um, and that's something that the 12 step program, it does teach you when you're ready and when you know it's not gonna harm the other person. And um, yeah, I'm not ready yet, but yeah. that's- You will be. Have you, have you made some amends? I have, yeah. You know, it, it was definitely a process, and uh, I, I got through them all. So I don't have any, you know, existing ones to make. So that is a great feeling, uh, you know, sort of closing my eyes at night and not, not having anything sort of lingering. But yeah, it, it definitely, I certainly was not ready to do them all at once. But yeah, hopefully if I... Uh, work my steps appropriately I, I won't accumulate any other ones to make <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's something new that you've learned about yourself 
in recovery. If there are things that I've known all along, but I didn't have the confidence, I guess, to, to explore those feelings. But I would say that I'm just, I'm, I'm capable of doing so many things. Like I'm, when I really put my mind to something, I can, I can just get it done. And um, I just, I didn't have that confidence before. I can control my emotions better. Um, being empathetic, I've always thought like, this is just how I am and I have to take on other people's emotions. And um, I've realized that's not how it is. You're not just stuck where you are. Like I would, I would get into this feeling of when I was, you know, in, active addiction that you're just stuck and you just have to deal with with how it is and um i just know i just have this feeling of like no like i can change things things aren't just the way that they are you you do have the ability to make changes to change even yourself to adapt to like to any situation um which i think that kind of goes along with with the confidence thing. yeah yeah i also like to I like to volunteer at food banks and just do things that are outside of myself and things that I would have never done when I was in active addiction things that I always wanted to do like helping people um because that it's just that's a constant reminder of of what I can do now and what I wasn't able to do before and why I need to keep maintaining my sobriety. Um, I keep trying to learn more to to set new goals. I set a new goal every couple months that I give myself a few months to accomplish. Um, and yeah, and, and meeting. I think that going to meetings, especially in early sobriety, is important. It might not be for everybody, but there are so many different types, and um, there's just so many out there. If you don't like one meeting. That's not how they all are. Like there's a, there's a different meeting. I think my first, the first time I was really sober, I think that's what my my problem was, is there was one meeting that I went to all the time and I didn't really care for it that much. And I, I thought that's how they all were, but mm. that's not the case at all. There's, you know, there's so many different meetings out there. So many different, mm-hmm. different formats, demographics. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some focus more on the spirituality than others. I mean, it's across the board. So, yeah. To your point, there is there's something for everybody. What do you hope that uh, people hear from you today on the podcast? When you're in recovery and when you're sober, it it really does change your life, and you can do amazing things. And life, it really does get better. It's not going to be perfect, and sometimes it it does suck to have to deal with your emotions and your troubles head on but it's so worth it it's worth it to just have this clarity and um really you can you can do anything and if you i know for me i put so much effort into maintaining my addiction that now i have all this energy to maintain my sobriety and better myself and it's it's so worth it Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had plenty of time to drink every night after work and all all day on the weekend. You'd be so surprised at what you have the time to accomplish. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. A lot of time. Do you have any family with a history of addiction? I do. Yeah. My, both of my parents, um, I grew up with my my dad. He he raised me. My biological mom 
She, I think she might still be an active addiction. I'm not quite sure, but I know they both do have a, a history of addiction. And my dad, he's, he's struggled with it on and off. Um, I think his, his drug of choice was also alcohol mm-hmm. for a long time. And he, um, he got sober and he's able to maintain his sobriety in different ways. I don't really think he goes to, you know, meetings or does any programs too often, which, you know, whatever works for him. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so it's nice being able to talk to him about that because we're, we, we really do understand each other when it comes to that. And, um, yeah, I was talking to another alcoholic earlier and it's just amazing how people that you may never think that you would relate to or have anything in common with and if you share the disease of addiction it's like it it just can bring you so close and it's just so funny how how we're we're willing to share like the most personal intimate details about ourselves to people who get it you know and people who have that lived experience and like can understand what you're actually saying so whether it's your dad or this stranger for lack of a better word who I was talking to earlier today you know we there there's a commonality or like a bond I think that that we can share and understand each other what are you grateful for today I'm grateful for my sobriety of course but I'm I'm grateful for new opportunities and that and love and that sounds kind of corny but I'm I mean when I was in active addiction I was I just thought the worst of everything I was really in a dark place and because I was in a dark place I just saw just the worst in everything and every person and now I just I see the potential that we all have and that I don't know. It's it's a really good feeling, and I'm grateful for being closer to my higher power, too. That's not really something I've talked about, but that has that has helped me with my sobriety. Is I've found my higher power, and um, it's it's more spiritual. Yeah. And I'm 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 very grateful for my higher power, which is source, which is life, which is like everything. Yeah. And um, I'm grateful for that, and for getting closer to my higher power because I. When I'm closer to my higher power, I'm closer to to every living thing on on this planet and other people, and that taps into the empathy just a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it feels good. Yeah, I think that um, one of my goals is to sort of detach the stigma that the twelve step program I think that we both probably attend is religious as opposed to spiritual and that you can sort of carve out your own path as far as the spirituality goes. There there aren't any rules or regulations, and so I'm glad that you brought up your higher power. I have been able uh, to find a higher power as well, which I'm very grateful for. I think that the first, my first bout of sobriety, I um, then they were more like Bible religious, and now I've and now I, I know that that's not the case that you're it's there there are programs that are more spiritual based and there 
And there are so many different types of programs mm. too, that yeah. if you do your research, there's so many different types of programs that are, some are more spiritual and meditation based. And some and those ones might be for other, other people. Yeah. There, there is something for everyone. Yeah. Any words of hope? to leave our listeners with i guess just thanks for thanks for listening to my story and um me and my one of my most vulnerable states because when i was in addiction i was extremely vulnerable but i i life gets better and it it's not perfect by any means you do have to work really hard but it's worth it when you do when you do get that sobriety and um yeah, and things get better. They do. They sure do. Uh, one thing, you, you had mentioned that you set goals for yourself. You want to share any of your goals with us today? Um, yeah, I would. Um, so I, when I got out of treatment last year in July, I set a goal for myself. I'm really into, I graduated with a degree in criminal justice and I, I made it a goal. I want to go to law school and I want to be an attorney. Amazing. So I set a goal for myself. I, I quit the job that I previously had because I, I kind of needed a clean slate. Um, but I also, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I went out there, I put my, I filled out so many applications for law firms in the area and I started working at a law firm. Um, and I, now I work at a really, a really nice law firm. Um, it's just, my life has, it's changed so much. And now I'm applying to law schools and those are goals that I set for myself back in July. Um, the first one was get a job in the legal field. And I did that. And then the second one was to do the LSAT, get that done. And I did that. And now the next one is applying to law school. And so now I'm in that process and it's, it's just happening, but I try not to overwhelm myself. Yeah. So that's still as important. Don't, don't fill your plate up like too much, but, um, give yourself little goals that you know that you can accomplish. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. Well, good work. Congrats. Thank you. Sounds like yes. you're, uh, you're on the right path. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about meditation, but do you sort of practice any other like holistic healing properties or anything related to your recovery? I guess not, not too much. Um, no, mostly meditation, I guess. I, I just try to take care of myself. Yeah. Honestly, I, I will, I'll go out of my way and, um, just take care of myself. Like I'll get facials and, um, do things that I would have never done before. And cause that's important to me just taking I just take time out to do things that make me feel good and I'm I mean I'm saving so much money now that I'm not buying alcohol constantly amen (laughs) (laughs) yes it's crazy yeah so spending money here and there on you know little things for myself I don't feel so bad about it yeah Well, that brings us to the close of this episode of the Sobriety Diaries. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. And huge thank you to Sandra for being so open and honest. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person today, 
our job is done. You can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts and youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcast. Bounce on over to Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries pod, again, where you can register to win our content creator bundle giveaway. Our winner will be announced on Instagram on July 12th. If you'd like to share your story with me, reach out at the Sobriety Diaries pod at gmail.com. Check back soon for new episodes with new stories to tell, but until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, friends.